Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Movie Dicks Podcast. I am Gabriel Chavez. And I am Paul Schindel. Today, our nipples fall off from the sheer terror <laughs> that is the 2001 festering anal wart that is Jason X. But first, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we're about to shit on and you want to avoid spoilers, stop now. But if you don't care about spoilers and want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad, crack open the door of the cryo chamber. This motherfucker is going to take a while to thaw. Without further ado, let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. Jason Voorhees returns with a new look, a new machete, and his same murderous attitude as he is awakened on a spaceship in the 25th century. God damn. I can't wait to hear your pitch this week, Paul, because how the fuck did you pitch something like this to the studio? With dollar signs and busty women like it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Is that the only way that you get something like this greenlit? It's all about the money. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) This is a New Line Cinema release. We previously looked at New Line Cinema with the visual atrocity that is the island of Dr. Moreau. Just a reminder, this studio released the Lord of the Rings trilogy beginning the same year as Jason X, and they are without a doubt the best trilogy ever made, and that is not up for debate, and the trilogy sits on top of the throne of the unimpeachable list. But... New Line Cinema also gave us Moreau, Four Christmases, Son of the Mask, a.k.a. the 10th worst movie of all time on IMDb, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers along oh, with Bob Hoskins, Theodore Rex, and Lawnmower Man 2. Oh, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, the movie with the most insane and awful Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey performances ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you remember that movie? No, man. I, oh, dude. Oh, man. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Yep. I'm going to have yep. to check this out. You got to check it out, dude. It's so bad. It is so fucking bonkers, <laughs> off the wall, stupid. <laughs> But in addition to New Line, Crystal Lake Entertainment, Friday X Productions, and Sean S. Cunningham Films co-producers. Crystal Lake, as you can imagine, is the production company behind the Jason movies. They have done 10 movies over the years, but to be honest, all of the Jason films suck. There isn't one that I like out of the franchise, and I don't know why they continue to be made. If Wait, I was... did you watch? Did you watch the final chapter? Yes, I did. I saw the final yeah, chapter. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't like that one. No, I didn't like that. I don't like any of these movies, dude. Even the original, which, like, you know, the original somehow spawned all this shit. The original fucking yeah, the, sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. Man. Yeah. Terrible. No, it, uh, no one dies. Nothing happens. It's really boring. I don't get it. No, you it's have to so get, like, boring. two or three in before the killing starts. J- Jason real. Goes to Hell is really <laughs> fucking weird, but, like... <laughs> I don't know, man. I fucking hate these movies. Did you, but, did you watch Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so that's yeah. that's what I was about to say. If I was pressed oh, to yeah. say that I liked one of them, I would say I liked Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> just, just because of how goddamn fun, gory, and zany that movie is. It's yeah. fun to see the screen legends duke it out, and that movie is pre or pervasively violent as yeah. fuck. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. Anyway... <laughs> Crystal Lake produced The Last House on the Left as well, the remake that is, which is fun and gory and features an 
excellent soundtrack by John Murphy. They also did the Friday the 13th remake done in 2009, produced by Michael fucking Bay. Fuck you, Michael Bay. (laughs) As well as a documentary, Paul, called The Nurse with the Purple Hair, about hospice workers, directed by the original director of Friday the 13th. Not sure why the fuck he had to do a documentary about this subject. (laughs) But I digress. Friday X Productions only produced this movie as it was the company used to launder the money and produce the checks for the crew. That's it. (laughs) Sean S. Cunningham Films is the production company owned by Sean Cunningham, funnily enough. They did 24 titles over the years, beginning with The Last House on the Left from 1972, the original Friday the 13th from 1980, as well as its 11 sequels or reboots. (laughs) But, But to be clear... They are responsible for the 1993 Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, which is somehow worse than Jason X. But anyway, <laughs> six, six mental giants were responsible for producing this movie. Sean Cunningham and his Can I Produce a Movie too, Little Brother Noel, notwithstanding, as we know, their <laughs> contributions to society. That leaves us with four. Of those four, one of them is producing TV shows for the DC Extended Universe, Vomit, but I only (laughs) want to talk about Debbie Haincast and Marilyn Stonehouse. Debbie has had an interesting career in that she produced the hilarious adult swim show Black Jesus by Boondocks creator Aaron (laughs) Magruder. She also produced the second season of Castle Rock, a.k.a. the Stephen King Greatest Hits mixtape of a TV show. And mm. Atlas Shrugged Wait, too. What? Castle Rock? Where? Wh- what is that played on? It's what, on Hulu, on dude. It's a Hulu original. Hulu? Huh. Yeah. Never it's, heard of it. It's all just right. a fucking mixtape of all of his original shit. He brings back, like, other... It's it's all within that Castle Rock universe, you know? So he brings back all these different characters. And, like, huh. there's an overall story, but they mix in elements of all the other stories as well. It's... It's fun and it's interesting in that, like, you get to see them try to, like, put these puzzle pieces together. But it's really fucking irritating after about six episodes because you're just like, God, I really want to watch The Shining or God, I really want to watch The (laughs) Miss instead of wanting to watch this fucking thing. I think, by the way, I think we should do The Shining and just dive into all the weird bullshit theories on, on uh, everything that is that movie. I can't, I can't shit on that movie at all though. Like that's that's the hard thing. Like it's no, we don't, is funny. I don't think we have to th- I don't think we have to shit on it, but there's so many ridiculous theories and conspiracy theories and some of them are like, "Whoa, goddamn, that's, uh, that's pretty heavy shit." Uh, but I, th- I think it'd be fun to dive into all the weird conspiracy theories about <laughs> The Shining and everything me, like that. Let me put it to you like this, Paul. If we do that episode, you're going to host it because you okay. got to jump off on that shit. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Debbie also produced Atlas Shrugged 2, one of the worst movies ever made, on top of Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> she was, however, the production manager for Four Rooms and Jackie Brown, if that's worth anything (sighs) four rooms (laughs) (laughs) that's something man like i don't know i if that was okay so that precedes everything tarantino ever did you know and like so there's part of me where the man from hollywood i'm sitting there and i'm just like yeah 
you know, I can see these things that make him who he is and what he's going to do later, but <laughs> it sucks, man. Like, yeah. it's fucking bad. And that's, like, one of the main things in his fucking filmography that I'm just like, I, I wish that wasn't there, man. I wish that the first thing that he ever did was Reservoir Dogs, so that way I don't have to fucking sit here and hey, remember. Are you sure? Are you sure Four Rooms didn't come after that? Maybe you're right, actually. Uh, I mean, because it it plays off of his fame and everything as Quentin Tarantino. But I'm trying to remember the timeline, though, because, like, Reservoir Dogs was 92, Pulp Fiction was 94, and then uh, then we had to wait until 97 for Jackie Brown. So when was Four Rooms? Oh, you're right, actually. Four Rooms was 95, so it was after Pulp Fiction. Never mind. Forget what I said. It is it is a six point eight out of ten on IMDb. I don't know. It's how. it's kind of fun, but uh, stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Marilyn Stonehouse has co or co produced David Cronenberg's Strange. We get turned on by car crashes and gore movie known as Crash with James Spader, oh, nice. right. and the excellent. Elias Codies and Tales from Muppet Land, The Frog Prince, in 1971. She mostly works. An adult situation. It is a fucking. No, it is a Muppet movie, bro. Actual Muppets branded movie. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she produced that as well. But she mostly works as a production manager and did the awful Steal This movie, as well as the mostly great Spider with Ralph Fiennes. So. If that's worth something, I don't know. This movie this movie stars the cast of a Skinamax softcore porn. Not really. <laughs> it really stars no one worth noting. The biggest name is Kane Hodder, who plays Jason in this, as well as four other Jason films. He's also been in 139 movies and TV shows over the years, starting in 1974 with the excellent Robert Altman film California Split, a small role as a cop in the Oscar winner Monster with Charlie's Theron, as well as The Devil's Rejects, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which is an excellent movie, by the way, the original Under Siege with Steven Seagal, the excellent indie wolf Wait, horror movie. Wait, I don't actually know what his face looks like. <laughs> you, you gotta look him up. He's just like this puffy face looking motherfucker. All when right. you look at him, you're gonna be like, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him from Under Siege. But anyway, right. he was also in the excellent indie wolf horror movie called Frozen, which we spoke about previously, which Paul had a problem with the way that the wolves were just <laughs> rabid fucking animals trying to shred everybody all the time. The entertaining uh, but stilted movie Hatchet, the Ben Affleck starring Daredevil, and some movie called Robin Hood, Ghosts of Sherwood, a movie with a 1.7 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> so it's a Robin Hood ghost movie? Is no, it, it's, it's, actually, okay. it's actually a drama action movie. It's just like a low-budget yeah. bullshit movie where they try to do Robin Hood, and I guess it's fucking terrible. I haven't seen it. I don't care to see it yeah uh, no, that's way bit, too much of my time watching bad that's movies. below that's even below us man yeah it's pretty, <laughs> bad. pretty bad but he does have 123 stunt credits on imdb among them david fincher's seven batman forever enemy of the state and demolition man other All than right. him other than him there's a guy from stargate atlas and a guy who is in avatar and got kicked in the chest in 300 no, oh, nice. oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
stars yeah yeah, he has a little cameo that's pretty funny i'm like how the fuck did they get (laughs) him to show up for this so much of this so much of this movie feels like it was only produced because cronenberg knows people or was like involved somehow (laughs) because cronenberg's in it it's produced by people that have like worked with cronenberg and so i'm just like confused on the whole cronenberg connection I didn't give a shit enough in order to dig into this movie even more on the Cronenberg side because I just don't fucking care about this. From what I understand, he's a fan of the series. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's right, people. The director of Existence, The Fly, (laughs) Shivers, Scanners, Videodrome, A History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and Naked Lunch co-stars as Dr. Wimmer. He's also... (laughs) And he's killed in the first... 30 seconds of the movie yeah yeah (laughs) but he's also in six episodes of elias grace on netflix and two episodes of star trek discovery amongst 42 Hmm. other acting credits which is kind of interesting really i never knew he he was an acting guy yeah he's he's one of the more prolific acting quote unquote directors which is kind of interesting but Never knew that. It's crazy. (laughs) This movie was based on characters created by Victor Miller and written by Todd Farmer. Victor began his career as a writer in 1977 with a movie called The Black Pearl, but obviously made his career with the original Friday the 13th in 1980. Since then, he is credited with 37 writing credits, Paul. 23 of which have to do with Jason adaptations, (laughs) references, and shorts. And three episodes of the soap opera One Life to Live, six episodes of another soap opera called Guiding Light, 15 episodes of Another World, another soap opera, and a whopping 34 episodes of All My Children. So if he's not writing Jason, he's writing soaps. Jesus fucking Christ, it's no wonder that this guy... right there. (laughs) It's one. It's no wonder this guy has no appreciation for screenplay structure or story whatsoever. <laughs> Todd Farmer started his writing career with Jason X, and I don't know how it progressed nine more titles after this movie. He wrote the script for the remake of My Bloody Valentine, Messengers 1 and 2, Drive Angry with Left Behind alum <laughs> Nicolas Cage, and some movie called Trick, with a solid cast including Omar Epps and Jamie Kennedy with a stunning 16 on Metacritic. No idea what the fuck that is, nor do I give a shit, because Jamie (laughs) Kennedy is just like Tom Green. I don't give a fuck if he's alive or dead. I hope that he's actually (laughs) dead, because I fucking hate him. (laughs) This, This leads us to director Jim Isaac. Jim directed Jason X, the awful movie called Skinwalkers, which is somewhat based on the real-life creatures both my friend Joe and I both saw living in New Mexico, and a movie called Pig Hunt, a horror movie about a 3,000-pound hog. There needs to be a better Skinwalkers movie. I know, dude. I know. know, when When you're out on the mesa and there's not a person for, like, 50 miles around you... And things just start get to start to get weird. You yeah. know, we, we needed a movie that <laughs> captures the essence of that experience. I know. I know. Yeah. Get on it, man. Write that shit. Yeah, let's write that, man. <laughs> but anyway. You know, I was that... talking to my uh my friend mm-hmm. about that and I was pressing him because he, he is Zuni and and right. then there was also a Navajo guy there, but they're just like, No, we don't talk about that shit, dude. Stop yeah. stop 
being a white asshole. Just fuck <laughs> off. We don't talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Don't mention those things. No. Yeah. It's not polite conversation. <laughs> it's not, man. It's fucked up shit in the Navajo uh, yeah. spiritual realm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's it. That's all this guy's directed. And I really could care less what the fuck he does from here on out. He did, however, work on Return of the Jedi and Gremlins as a creature technician. So hmm. that's something. All right. This movie was released on April... T Hang on, side note. Return of the Jedi had this director behind the camera working as a creature technician, right? And you know who was doing matte painting on that same movie, Return of the Jedi, Paul? I don't know, Gabe. David Fincher was doing matte painting on Return oh, of the Jedi. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that such that's a fucking massive difference of, like, <laughs> a talent and ability? It's fucking insane. <laughs> But anyway, this movie was released on April 26, 2002 at 1,878 theaters and was produced for a scant 11 million bucks. And god damn, can you tell that this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Oh it's obvious. This movie opened in the number three spot with the Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Affleck thriller Changing Lanes in the number two spot in its third week and the utter travesty of a sequel known as The Scorpion King in the number one oh, spot God. in its second week. Uh, below someone has gone and remade that with better CG for The Rock. You yeah, know I, mean? I know. I know, dude. It's <laughs> so bad. Uh, I don't know how that slipped by, man. Like, that's a major Hollywood production. That wasn't some knockoff movie that was, like, taken from the original producers. Yeah. Like, that was what they actually put out there. Like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> below Jason was the formulaic Sandra Bullock Ryan Gosling thriller Murder by Numbers in its second week, and rounding out the top five was the awful blonde Angelina Jolie Edward Burns romantic comedy Life or Something Like It in its first week. Oh. Out this same week were the original Ice Age, David Fincher's Panic Room, Blade 2, E2 Mama Tambien, oh, yeah, The yeah. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, A Beautiful Mind, Monster's Ball, We Were Soldiers, and the only movie that I know of that was ever directed by a grandson taking a shit on his grandfather's grave, <laughs> The Time Machine was out this oh. same time period. You know, aside from that movie, that's, uh, that's a pretty good time to be alive right there and going to the yeah, movies. It was. Yeah. It was a good movie out there in a time period yeah but over the course of 250 days in theaters jason x would only scare up 13.121 million dollars domestically mm. and 3.83 million worldwide bringing its overall total to 16.951 million bucks with advertising costs that means that jason x endured a five million dollar loss for new line cinema probably why they declared bankruptcy in 2005 but that's a whole nother story <laughs> <laughs> this gross makes Jason X the 4,551st all-time domestic box office holder behind the 1963 Dick Van Dyke and Margaret movie known as Bye Bye Birdie and above the 1982 <laughs> Al Pacino God. family dramedy author author which I haven't seen either one of those movies yeah I've never heard of that one <laughs> This gross also makes Jason X the 5,484th movie all-time worldwide box office holder behind the excellent 2018 Robert Redford vehicle, The Old Man and the Gun, and ahead of some movie called Bully Parade from 2017 in which a German sketch comedy troupe recreates five parodies of popular movies, which sounds just awful. <laughs> 
South Park got it right in that there aren't any really famous German comedians, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, this movie was re-released in 2004 in Italy where it made $126,000. Not sure why, but fuck it, I guess. Doesn't matter, just right. re-release it. Cool. The country that left the cryo chamber shut on Jason was Chile with a $26,828 opening weekend and gross. The top grossing movie of all time in Chile was the 2015 CG comedy Minions with a $117 million gross. Wow, wow. Side note, the top top grossing movie of all time in the world, Avengers Endgame, made $14 million less than Minions. So we know where Chile's entertainment priorities lie. All right, I was in the, like, butthole of Chile, which (laughs) is uh, Punta Arenas. It's, like, the southernmost city in chile when the force awakens came out and i saw it twice there because (laughs) i was so fucking bored of not having any civilization (laughs) around that i just had to see it twice but yeah there's like two other people in the theater theater. when i saw it how was your theater experience was it like really low rent type dollar theater type shit uh no no it was pretty decent it was uh comparable to you know a theater in the 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 back country they do the they do do this weird thing with their popcorn where they put like sweet shit in it. I don't know what they do. Well, like MMs? No, like sugary popcorn. That's yeah, like kettle corn. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not that great though. But uh, <laughs> or you can get it's a cup and it's like corn soup but with sugar and yeah, it's like corn niblets. It's nasty <laughs> shit. I don't know what the fuck. It's this weird Chilean thing. Like, like Adam West thing. in Family Guy where he's like sitting there with his creamed corn eating it out of a bucket. Yeah, yeah. It's like corn in syrup. It's oh, it's weird, dude. Good. But you're supposed to like drink it. But it's oh. like niblets of <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't well, know what like, the fuck. Like, or, are... like, like arroz con leche <laughs> but with like corn? Uh, no, it's more just like this thin syrupy drink but with lots of corn chunks in it. <laughs> and you and you drink it, and it's supposed to be like a, a treat, you know, that you might have like cotton huh. candy or something like that. It's like a Chilean. It's thing. weird. That's weird. That's yeah, weird. yeah. I, I forget what it's called, but <laughs> you know, the theater experience was pretty decent. I saw it once with subtitles, where it was in Chilean dub or Spanish <laughs> dub, and then the second time it had Chilean subtitles and was English. I was watching it but, dubbed, dude. I've never seen a movie you know, dubbed. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, watching it in Spanish, it, it was fun. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, also the second largest movie of all time, Avatar, Fuck You, James Cameron, made a <laughs> new impact on Chile with its flaccid $3.223 million gross. Yeah. yeah. $3.2 million versus $117 million for Minions. You can see where Chile, where Chile wow. wanted to go see a movie. Anyway, 2009 movie of the year in Chile was Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, followed closely by Roland Emmerich's CG shitstorm called 2012. (laughs) 
At a cost of 1,089.91 Chilean pesos, or CLP as it is abbreviated, per ticket in 2002, you have no idea how hard it yeah. was for me to fucking find that data. Fuck you if you don't like my data or you think that it's inaccurate. Again, try to find Chilean nah, prices in 2002. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like a thousand to one dollar yeah. per well, Chilean a, thing. So a thousand and eighty nine ninety one yeah. is yeah. worth two dollars and fourteen cents American. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us to total Chilean asses and seats comes to twelve thousand five hundred and thirty six point four five Chilean people saw this movie over its run in Chile. Damn it. Oh, so man. goddamn close <laughs> to seeing Billy half ass in Chile, man. So goddamn close. With a population of 15.68 million people in 2002, that means that 7.995 to 10 thousandths of Chile's population <laughs> saw this movie over its theatrical run. Jason X has a bloody shit-stained splat 4.4 out of 10 <laughs> on IMDb with 50,539 votes, a 25 on Metacritic, and a splatty 20% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 24% audience score. That means that Jason X joins Cats, the tourist, and the tax collector, <laughs> all of which carry 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. God damn. Yeah, this movie ranks highest amongst females aged less than 18 with a 6.2 out of 10. What? Yeah, <laughs> And lowest amongst males aged less than 18 with a 3.9 out of 10. I feel I mean, like this... Go ahead. Yeah, compared to compared to a lot of the other Jason kind of movies, there there is a conspicuous lack of, like, nudity and yeah. teenagers Sex. swimming in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss all that. in general. There wasn't a lot of violence in this movie, actually. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like this movie was made for males aged less than 18, so this is quite quite the opposite sure. of what I would have yeah. suspected. <laughs> this week, my machete is stuck in a victim's skull as I strain at the <laughs> 2,917 people, or 5.8% of the vote, who voted this a perfect 10 best horror movie ever made on IMDb. Side note, Paul, this, uh, this is kind of dark. I might have to cut this out, but anyway... <laughs> This last week, this last week, uh, right at the end of my block, there was a guy that attacked a woman with a machete outside of her house and hit her oh. twice with the machete and whacked, and whacked her fucking dog with it and put her in the hospital. But the police showed up and shot him in the chest and killed him. <laughs> like, he was, was this, this eight provoked or was no, this dude. some crazy this, dude? This guy, just with this guy apparently was like hanging out by the park that's right by my house. It's brand new. It's a thirty million dollar renovation that they did on this park. <laughs> it's beautiful and it's like yeah. lit up at night. And uh, this guy was like hanging out around the park, like chasing people with the machete. And he was like trying huh. to get into people's yards. And this woman, she got. The woman who got hit, she was like in her late 40s, and he chopped her dog too. But like her dog, uh, her dog was in stable condition and needed stitches, and like she had this big fucking wound on her head. And like when he hit her, she fell to the ground and like chipped her tooth like really bad. But uh, it was fucked up. It's like the next day, Caitlin and I went for a walk around the block with our dogs, and there was like blood all over the fucking pavement. God damn. And I was just like, dude, like. The, yeah, I, I was talking so to Caitlin right. about it. There is no, like, 
fucking standard operating procedure when it comes to that. Like, they do not have to clean up the blood and gore that is in your house from a violent attack. You know, like, <laughs> you have to call special cleaners in order to do that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, the police and the coroner and all that other shit, they're not responsible for that. And I'm like, yeah. how fucked up is that? <laughs> Like the woman lived, thank God. Like she's recovering yeah. and like she's doing well. But I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, fuck, I'm glad that I took out the dogs like an hour before that happened because <laughs> I was like, fuck me, man. I didn't even see so this guy. So, what you're saying is this movie is more realistic than you might think. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know about that. But... <laughs> anyway, my rating this week stands with the 11.5% of the voters as I am the 5,814th vote for one out of 10 stars for this movie. Ah, oh, come on. One. What would you give it, Paul, out of 10 stars? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. All right. So my favorite reviews this week begin with Claudia Paug, Paug Puig from USA Today. Claudia drills, quote, Jason gets a futuristic makeover and annihilates someone using a giant screwing tool. After sitting through Jason's latest exploits, the audience may find itself identi identifying with that victim in particular. Original score, <laughs> one out of four stars. <laughs> Wesley Morris of the Boston Globe goes into a fugue state with, quote, the movie is concocted and carried out by folks worthy of scorn, and the nicest thing that I can say <laughs> is that I can't remember a single name responsible for it, end quote. Original score, <laughs> point five yeah. out of four stars. <laughs> Liam Lacey abandons Jason X with, quote, As we have come to learn, as many times as we have fingers to count on, Jason is a killer who doesn't know the meaning of the word quit. The filmmakers might want to look it up. End quote. Original score, 1.5 out of 4 stars. Ouch. I want to add one final review this week from legendary film critic Roger Ebert. <laughs> Ebert, <laughs> Ebert melts down with, quote, Jason X was delayed by two years, originally scheduled on Halloween 2000, then March 2001, summer 2001, and Halloween 2001, before finally opening on the 16th anniversary of Chernobyl, another famous meltdown. And <laughs> quote, original score, 0.5 out of 4 stars. <laughs> Lastly, Jason X. I really like that review, dude. He could take, yeah, like, you, like you've said before and we've said so many times, he could take golden shits on fucking movies, man. <laughs> Lastly, Jason X is rated R for strong horror violence, language, and some sexuality. So, Paul, I want to talk about Richie Garcia, okay? Yeah. I want to talk about how on October 9th, 1996, this American League umpire entered a fugue state. I want to talk about how this 54-year-old at the time, man, 5'9", stack of shit from Key West, Florida, <laughs> a.k.a. the dumping ground of the United States, decided that his call was so irrefutably grand that he must have been suffering from macular degeneration. This game served as Game 1 of the American League Championship Series. We stand in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx as 56,495 people look on. That's 98.29% capacity, by the way. The Baltimore Orioles face off against the Homer Yankees in a four-and-a-half-hour-long game that ended in a Yankees victory. And before the end, we land in the eighth inning with an empty diamond with one out. 
Orioles are up 4-3, to three and a rookie named Derek Jeter of the Yankees stands on the plate to face off against the bullet-armed Oriole pitcher Armando Benitez. Benitez chucks a first-pitch fastball square down the lane as Jeter drills the motherfucker like he's former Governor Elliot Spitzer banging a prostitute. <laughs> it sails toward deep right field as Orioles' right fielder Tony Tarasco stands directly below the falling ball like it's the Sword of Damocles hanging over him. As the ball is a mere 12 feet off the ground, a young Steve Bartman named Jeffrey Mayer reaches out his glove and catches what would clearly have been an easy out for the rookie Jeter. Talk to any New York Yankees homer and they will deny Tarasco could have caught something that was clearly in his line, but New York <laughs> loyalty knows no bounds. Talk to American League umpire Richie Garcia, however, who was standing right fucking next to Tarasco when it <laughs> happened, and he will tell you Jeter hit a home run. No fan interference from the 12-year-old Jeffrey Mailer who grabbed the fucking ball out of his hand. Somehow, Richie blew the play. I'm not going to insinuate that he was on the take or a moron, but I will insinuate that he should get his fucking eyes checked. As for little Jeffrey, unlike Steve Bartman, he did not receive death threats for over a decade, forcing him to out of house and home and to quit all social media for fear of fan reprisal. This may have been due to extra innings yielding the Yankees their eventual win and move on to win the series. I can't tell. In today's day and age, death threats are leveled at anyone who doesn't agree with you, regardless of age, sex, disability, or so on. Little Jeffrey would become a local hero somehow, appearing on a dozen TV shows, playing college baseball, and having a number of jobs in and out of the game for the, as the years waned on. But one thing is for sure. Richie Garcia is a fucking blind man who couldn't call an out if a fucking ball knocked his ass out cold. We flash back in time, Paul, as you stand on the mound. No hitter, no hitter, no hitter, you think. As you look on at the young Jeter who is somehow worshipped like he is a god, all because he doesn't do fucked up shit in public. What a low bar <laughs> that this is. That this is the mark of greatness, you think. As you wind up and you pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. Damn. Dad, Dad, you know, I, I have an idea for this movie that I think you should make because because I love Jason movies and how he's okay. always killing those girls with the machete okay. and, uh, you know, having sex with their bodies and everything like that. <laughs> I think that Jason should go to the future and then go to space. He should fly into space on a spaceship sure. so he can smash more girls' faces because I like violence against women. It's so fun. Women are gross. They have those vagina things. I don't like them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jason, remember how Jason goes to hell? I know I'm not supposed to say sure. that word, but uh, yep. anyways, he kills like 200 people in all those movies that you've right. let me watch. Right. And uh, I, I think he's ready to go to space because he's got nowhere else to go. <laughs> been down into hell. <laughs> and he's been to the lake so many times. So obviously, so now, he needs to go up. Yeah, that's yeah, great. He needs to go to space. Yeah, exactly. So I think that he should kill David Kohenberg because he's <laughs> kind of weirdo. And then he get frozen in hypersonic frozen state, just okay. like in Aliens. Just like sure. in Aliens, sure. the movie by James Cameron, your favorite director. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the moments he gets frozen along with this like hot scientist lady, but I don't like ladies because they're gross. Anyways, <laughs> so he he comes back to life because teenagers are having sex. <laughs> they're having sex, and he comes back to life on the spaceship, and so he murders a bunch of people. Great. Including the professor who likes his nipples twisted. That's what a, like, a, adults like to do, right? They like their nipples twisted. Do you like that, Dad? Does Mom do that to you? Son, I'd rather not talk about with the privacy of my bedroom, but... Okay, I've seen you guys. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> so Jason, he's got a lot of good kills in this movie. That's what this movie's all about. It's sure. about killing. Sure. So he stabs this one guy... In the face with his machete, just like just like in all the other movies. But then he he puts this woman's head in in the liquid nitrogen and freezes it, and then he smashes her head. I think that's the best nice. one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. also there's a goddamn cat here. Fuck off, cat. <laughs> <laughs> and he also uh, he also throws a guy onto a big screw. And the guy like slowly turns down on the screw, nice. and it's like it's like when those adults get together and they have the sexy time, and they're like, "Let's screw." Yes, that you're correct. That's exactly what they do. They do exactly that. They don't do I anything. I figure they no. do that. Yeah, they get they so, get they get those screws together and they have sex. Yeah. Little little Eddie Gein. I don't think that that's a good idea, but. I think that we can make some money out of this, so I think I think it's good. Okay. Now listen to your mother as she hits you with the Bible. I want fucking you... writing credits, Dad. <laughs> Give me oh, the writing God. credits. I'm sorry, son. You're gonna have to be grounded for using the f word. Your mom's gonna hit you with the Bible now <laughs> repeatedly while humiliating <gasps> you with your pants down. <gasps> <laughs> you know, Paul. Uh, part of that is for real, though. Like if a, if a kid grew up watching the Jason movies, would they come out to be a serial killer? Like, just out of curiosity. Uh, I think there's what a good the... possibility. But, How old uh, were you the first time that you saw a Jason movie? I don't know. I've seen better horror movies and franchises younger than this. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the most influential fucked up movies was uh, that I've seen was uh, Clockwork Orange. I saw that pretty young. So How old were you? Uh, I don't know. 10 to 13. Jesus. <laughs> My 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 claim to fame in terms of like fucked up shit when I was a kid was that uh I saw or I read American Psycho when I was thirteen because the book the book had just <laughs> come out and uh, my you know nobody wanted to make it into a movie everybody was kind of like standing off on this thing and like to me serial killers at that time when I was a young teenager were like fascinating to me because it was like you know I don't understand how these people can be like so fucked up in the head and like go about their daily lives like they actually had daily lives on top of killing people you know that's what i found so yeah, interesting yeah, about them. Yeah. but uh yeah. i thought that that was really weird and so my mom didn't want us watching a lot of tv so her solution was to take us to the library and i remember that i saw <laughs> american psycho on the shelf and i had nice. just read i had just read less than zero also by uh fucking Brett Easton Ellis, and I was like, oh, yeah. I liked his writing. You know, this book is getting a lot of fucking notoriety because, you know, literally every women's group in the fucking country is, like, <laughs> against this shit. I was like, I want to read what's so awful about this thing. And I read it, and I remember that I got to the part where he stitches the rat inside of the woman's vagina, and I was sitting there, like 
with my mouth like hanging open and I felt physically ill reading that book. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And like that, that fucked me up pretty badly. And then I saw the movie a year later when yeah. it came out, but I was just like, oh my God, what the fuck did my, my mom just, she was so happy that I was reading that she didn't care what I was reading. And I was right. like, cool. You know I mean, you gotta encourage your kids somehow, I guess. Yeah. But, Keep that imagination yeah. going. Yeah. Dude, so nah. uh, we were talking about it earlier, but what would what what would you give this movie out of ten stars? What would you what what is your <sighs> thought on this? So part of me loves its kind of self depreciating, self referential like shitstorm that it is, but at right. the same time, it's a god awful movie. <laughs> so <sighs> it's hard it's hard to balance the the amusement of. Right. It being kind of self-aware about how bad of a movie it is with just how far down the shitter it goes for yeah. itself. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd give it like a four. Really? If, if I were, yeah, yeah, I'd say that's pretty generous. But If you were you being know, objective. It, it's, it's a fun movie. At, at a lot of the points, it's fun and stupid <laughs> and entertaining. And so there's there's a lot of movies that it beats out as far as for its 87-minute runtime or whatever, yeah. like entertainment yeah, that's value. True. That's true. And, you know, it's got some good kills. I've watched <laughs> – I think I've watched uh, four to five of the Jason movies. And okay. it's probably the best – of all of them. <laughs> what about Freddy versus Jason, dude? Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen that actually. Oh so god, you gotta check that out, man. That. Yeah. You gotta check that out because I I like yeah. that. That's the one movie out of the whole batch that I like, and a lot of it has to do with Robert Englund because I love him, and yeah. like you know, I love Freddy so much more than I love Jason. And right, so it's not even a Jason movie, and that's no. kind of cheating. Yeah. I mean, but it's a Freddy <laughs> and it's a Jason I mean, movie. Dude. Jason has. Aside from his maybe, maybe Jason has a little sense of humor as far as like how he kills people and everything, <laughs> but he doesn't really have much personality. So it's no. kind of and Freddie does. For, yeah, yeah. See, Freddie has personality, little sense of humor, and everything. So I would yeah. definitely take a Freddie movie over Jason, <laughs> Jason movie. But yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So for we we had planned on doing this movie or. Jason, the final chapter, which was what number four, uh, which was not the final chapter, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though that movie has a few kind of fun points, this movie is more entertaining. <laughs> Jason X being the piece of shit that it is, it's more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I just I fucking hate so much about this movie, and it's, just, it's so poorly made, and it's so poorly written. And the only yeah. thing that I can give it, and I will go over this, is like two kills. I'll give it two kills that like I really enjoy. I mean, you know which one yeah. one of them is because I fucking told you before. It's like one of my <laughs> favorite kills in movie history. Yeah. Which means a lot, you know, but like it's it's, pretty, uh, it's a high standard game. It is a high standard. How many <laughs> fucking people have I seen die on screen? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, that's um, an interesting idea, actually. If I could tally everybody that I've seen die on screen over the years, I wonder how many people I've seen murdered on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I mean, it's got to be tens of thousands, man. Or yeah. Even, 
hard. It's crazy man. shit. So, Paul, uh, right off the bat, man, like seeing New Line Cinema's logo once again, it makes me miss Lord of the Rings. It doesn't make me want to watch this fucking movie. Every time I see New Line <laughs> Cinema, I always think about it. But anyway, so the the opening credits, right, we're like scrolling through this like thing that sort of looks like hell, but it's like horrible CG be- through Jason's brain. Like this is 2001 <laughs> that this movie was made, oh, by the man. way. When Lord of the Rings was out, and they got a fucking Oscar nomination for their visual effects. I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm I'm not expecting you to all have great visual effects like Lord of the Rings, but this shit is really (laughs) fucking bad. I am kind of curious where the $13 million went on this movie. $11 million, yeah. (laughs) $11 million, whatever. Because I don't see it. Well, I mean, part of the reason <laughs> part of the reason why this movie was like so fucking low budget looking was that this is the first movie in the series where they rely on digital effects in order to do the gore rather than practical mm. effects, yeah. which is a huge problem, and it looks like shit because of that. But anyway, so I like how the opening credits say a Jim Isaac film, as if we're supposed oh. to know who that is or give a shit about oh, Jim him. Jim Isaac, yeah. Absolutely. It's not like he's a big time director whose name means. <laughs> Something or is going to get us excited to watch this movie so why the fuck is it there but the visual effects credit at the beginning says it was done by toy box whoever the fuck that is it looks like shit and credits them at the beginning making me think <laughs> ah that's who to blame why this movie looks yeah. like shit toy box they've made one and only one movie and then they went bankrupt yeah <laughs> Don't doubt it. But they make a point of showing Jason in or is in a very moody, large room with pools of light and a machine gun nest <laughs> covering him, right? But wouldn't it make the most sense with a dangerous mass murderer to put him in a super bright, small room so we all know exactly where he is rather than a giant fucking yeah. room with pools of light and not much lighting <laughs> otherwise? Just saying. I know. It's always funny how no one ever bothers to turn on the lights in any of these I know. movies I know. <laughs> <laughs> but the the prick doctor played by david cronenberg says quote his ability to regenerate is exceedingly valuable end quote right but if he has this ability and they want to study it cut a piece off of him and study it like freeze his dumb ass in case you need more <laughs> tissue samples don't leave him awake and kicking like yeah. that doesn't make any sense but Jason yeah. throughout Jason throughout these movies is huge, right? Like it's constantly reinforced how big this guy is. But as the military transport comes up to get Jason, they pull the rag off to reveal that somehow Jason has broken free of oh, all those restraints shit. we saw him in and killed the machine gun marine and hit under hit him under the blanket. Like classic Jason honey trap, right? But barring yeah. how he got out of all those restraints, how do the soon-to-be victims not notice the fucking size difference between the two men? That's like a big thing for me, man. <laughs> well, I mean, they there's one entrance to this place, and the door explodes open after everyone's killed, and there's one guy kind of lying there dead. And then suddenly Jason's in the hallway beyond the door. <laughs> I mean, right, yeah, but it's it also a giant warehouse of a room. It's not like a small room. But the the girl grabs the shotgun. The cryo girl grabs the shotgun and wanders Aww. into a dimly lit basement, right? Rather than try to get out into the daylight out of the facility. Why do horror movie victims always do this? Like further trap themselves. Yeah, why don't they just run outside where it's bright? 
I don't know. But Super also, cool. she sees she sees Jason and cocks the shotgun right, ejecting a live round. Not sure why, but she does this anyway. It's a fucking stupid little moment that I know I shouldn't be focusing in on. But awesome. <laughs> but Jason stat what? How how, how else? How are you gonna that know loaded? that the uh, yeah shotgun's loaded? Or that the girl means business if she doesn't cock it? Yeah. yeah. I it's mean, like a trope in movies, man. Like people like cocking their pistol before, the, like as they're pointing the gun at somebody. I'm like, yeah. if there's no round in it and you have to cock it, like there was no fucking fear of that. So as many times <laughs> as I've seen it in movies, chances are next time I have a gun pointed at my head, I should just go for it and beat the shit out of the person because they didn't cock their gun, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Jason stabs through the cryo chamber, right? And the room locks itself shut as we see the girl freeze to death, presumably freezing Jason as well, right? And we fade to black slash fade up from black to reveal a bunch of steampunk jerk-offs wandering into the basement <laughs> as they reveal that we are in the future. So now this movie oh. is idiocracy, right? Like, <laughs> and the guy in the chamber is going to be the smartest man in the world? I wish that we were watching Idiocracy this week instead of this movie. I mean, yeah, it seems like Jason's pretty much smarter than all of them. Oh, yeah, he is. He should be president. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite thing about movies placed in the future are the non sequiturs, right? Like one guy identifies Jason's mask as being a hockey mask and someone else remarks that hockey was a sport outlawed in 2024. Like what would be the reason to outlaw hockey? Seems like one of those dumb fuck things that they throw in to sound <laughs> mysterious, but that only leaves us three more years to enjoy hockey, Paul. What the oh, fuck? Shit. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, I'm actually pretty excited about hockey because right. my life is sad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, isn't it? Is it? Is it Blade Runner that takes place in 2017? The original Blade Runner, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Yeah, we passed that timeline a while ago. But yeah, that's besides the point. Most future movies seem to have already expired as far as yeah. the timeline. Concerned. Oh, dude, I think I think that uh, Terminator Salvation just expired, actually, because I think that took place in 2018. Oh, shit. Sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But anyway, so while well, this is... Yeah, we've already missed Terminator 2, which was supposed to happen in 1996 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 2001 space odyssey yeah 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 a lot of them (laughs) but dude my my uh while this is the future as a frozen dude with an obvious blade falls towards you you would think someone peanut head douchebag asriel would get out of the way rather than letting his arm get chopped (laughs) off but whatever but their vision their vision of future oh man when i saw that i'm like oh god it's gonna be so good when he is killed because he he has like two seconds of screen time and he's already the most annoying thing in the movie yeah, and you just want him to die. So <laughs> kudos to the writer and the actor for pissing me off that much, <laughs> giving me yeah. giving me someone to root for so they yeah. die. Yeah, but dude, their vision of the future in this movie, Earth being a barren wasteland like the Mars surface, is pretty accurate, like global warming and whatnot. <laughs> but besides fact. Was it entirely necessary to cast an ugly cowboy wannabe crackhead motherfucker as the pilot on their way to the vessel? Like, that guy is ugly as shit. And the fact that he only appears in, like, a few scenes and then he's dead is really kind of irritating that they just had to put him in there, especially since yeah. he wears a Well, his name hat. is Dallas, just Dallas, like the pilot. just like the Alien movie. Alien, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> 
But dude, the Android. Are there any other? I feel like that's a trope where it's the the Texan. Yeah. Who's no, I mean, the pilot in the sci-fi movie or wasn't something it, like uh, that. Wasn't Prometheus, wasn't Danny McBride's character called like Tennessee or something like that? <laughs> that's I'm right. Pretty yeah. Sure. yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Well, but whatever. Find out. Yeah, there's more. Fuck, fuck you and this like cowboy bullshit American audience <laughs> ridiculousness. But anyway, dude, the android redhead is asked how long does it or how long does she think that the cryo girl has been asleep? And she says 4.55 centuries. Like, couldn't she have just said 455 years? It sounds more significant. Okay. Androids don't think like that. Yeah. It is pretty obviously. funny when she wakes up and they're like, oh, yeah, Earth was destroyed. Anyways, tell us more about <laughs> Earth 2. And that's all they mention. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't have any, like, mental breakdown from knowing that the Earth is destroyed. <laughs> she worked, woke up 455 She's years. Like, ah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. But here's here's a weird thing, dude. Like, why are all the females in this movie so attractive, yet all the males look like surfer washouts? That I was yeah. really confused by. It's like total miscasting in that sense. They didn't even have any like hard body dudes with like fucking six packs or whatever. It was all these like weird fucking Venice Beach looking motherfuckers that might suck your dick for a crack rock looking dude. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly what happened, Gabe. You know, it's it's weird how horny and stupid people are in the future in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, despite having interstellar students. travel and shit. Yeah, yeah. All they want to do is fuck. And there's, like, Jason's, like, rotting, like, steaming corpse laying on a, a, a bench. And then the two, right. like, horny teenagers just want to fuck right in front of him. Right. They may as well have used They may as well have used some of his goo as lubrication at that point. Yeah. They got yeah. real horny real fast. Ah, uh, fucking weird. But dude, when on the ship and repairing the 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 cryo girl, the computer mm. zooms in to focus on the nano machines, right? Repairing oh. their wound, and the machine says yeah. magni magnification one hundred and fifty thousand microns, right? But that's not a magnification power; like that's a size <laughs> measurement uh, of five point six zero nine inches. That's not very impressive. Uh, like you wouldn't see this much detail of the nano machines at that scale. Just saying. Uh, and then I missed all that thing, but yeah, 150 microns. It's it's pretty big. It's 150,000 microns, dude. 150,000 oh. microns. That's, that's almost six fucking inches. Yeah, that's pretty big. All right, that's I bad. That. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. But why does everyone in this movie dress like a Jamiroquai music video? I'm <laughs> I'm so confused by that. You remember that band Jamiroquai? Jamiroquai? No, I haven't heard of that one. It was like this old band from like the early 90s where they had like these big fuzzy hats and like knit sweaters and loud colors nice. and shit like that. They're terrible, dude. Oh, Such a terrible God. band. I Jamiroquai. <laughs> But anyway, blonde girl is cutting apart Jason to study him as he thaws, but despite wearing gloves, she doesn't wear any protective gear for her clothing. Like, why even bother with the gloves at this point? Like, she's going to get goo all over her fucking <laughs> wrists and her fucking sleeves and shit. But whatever. It's pretty funny what she's doing. She's just, like, cutting chunks off of him and <laughs> doing Freezing what? them in nitro. Yeah, yeah, in liquid nitrogen. Nothing really... It's science, though. It's very science-y, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 
But dude, one of the students seduces her professor with a pair of four sips to his nipple <laughs> and him wearing a baby doll nighty, right? While this scene sucks and it's cringeworthy, I want to I want to contextualize this for a second. Put yourself in the place of the crew and ask yourself, what must it have been like for the poor crew to have watched this in multiple takes in multiple different <laughs> angles? How fucking terrible is that? Uh, but anyway, dude, yeah. KM KM, the redheaded android, right, is showing off her new tits to one of the grad students asking him what he thinks about her new nipples as they fall off like bad magnets slipping off a fridge door. <laughs> Not sure why a humanoid android wouldn't have nipples and suddenly want them because another girl has them, but I digress. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the disappointing factors of this movie that you come to expect from a Jason movie is just the amount of sex and nudity that is kind of given for one of these things. Right. It's just, it's just not enough, you know, no, not enough to satisfy. There's not. Like, there's not. <laughs> and then when there is a pair of tits, the fucking nipples fall off of it. <laughs> I know. Right? God Unbelievable. Damn. God damn it. But, dude. Two of the other grad students are revealed to be getting it on, right? And, of course, that's the cue for Jason to wake up because teenage <laughs> sex is the thing that Jason hates the most. But as Jason wakes up, the blonde researcher hears the crack of his ice on how his now moving knuckles cracking, right? But when Jason sits up fully, he does it silently because the ice obviously wouldn't still be there like his knuckles, right? Whatever. Yeah. Now, see, Jason is incredibly noisy except when the plot requires it yeah for him to be quiet like one of these weird things about these movies where he can be silent he can appear in impossible places at impossible times when it's necessary for a jump scare or whatever but you know what i do want to bring up for a second that one of my favorite games that i played over the last five years is the is the friday the 13th video game that they made did you played that it came out i've never played that three years ago oh dude it's so good man it's like a fucking uh it's like a deathmatch style mmorpg right but like yeah. one person as you're in the room is randomly chosen to be Jason and Jason has fucking supernatural powers. Like he can travel quickly through like <laughs> water and shit. And yeah. like you get to chop teenagers apart and shit. It's fucking <laughs> gr- fantastic, man. It's like everything that Jason should have been. But like the game, <laughs> the game is good. You should check it out. It's only like uh, 15 bucks or whatever, but it's like it's so goddamn entertaining, dude. <laughs> and you can like form parties like any other like online game like that, like Call of Duty or whatever. And yeah. you can like talk to each other. So it's like really entertaining. <laughs> the person, the person who is Jason cannot talk while they're Jason. Of course. So adds yeah. to their like being silent <laughs> up on them shit. But anyway, yeah. this scene, this scene leads me to my favorite kill. The liquid nitrogen head smash. I love this kill, dude. Yeah, like it, it's pretty good. It hasn't been done since, and it's fucking classic. <laughs> like to 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 wow me, even after all these years, for me to sit there and be like, that is a fucking good kill, man. Like, <laughs> goddamn. It's good shit, man. It really is. It's the only thing that I can give this movie, and it's the only thing that keeps me from saying that this is a zero out of ten it's fucking terrible. <laughs> but the one Dude, liquid nitrogen kill, huh? That that's it. it for you. Yeah. yeah, there is there good. is a second kill that's a little bit okay. Like I'll get to later. But Jason finds a medical <laughs> instrument on the desk, like a machete. Right? Not sure why the fuck medicine would need an instrument <laughs> like this, but 
Uh, why does Janessa? Why does Janessa come on to everyone like she's in heat? Like this overplaying of this trope makes this movie extremely annoying. Like that's one of the biggest problems that I have. With this movie is that she's like constantly Wait. flirting with everybody. Which one is she? The girl with like the open uh, shirt that it's like stitched together or whatever. It's like two strips of cloth uh, right, that right, run right. down. She's yeah. the the one who is. Uh... Pinching the professor's nipples, right? Mm-hmm, She's that mm-hmm, one. Okay, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Anyway, they Back realize, yeah. yeah, but they realize that Jason isn't dead, but they can't find him on the ship, right? They have the ability to reanimate cryogenically frozen people, Paul. They can reattach severed <laughs> limbs in seconds and heal ghastly Damn. stab wounds with ease in seconds on top of the space travel and all. But they can't have a yeah. fucking security system on board to monitor where <laughs> each intruders might be. Sure, why not? But dude, despite this being the future, we are still relying on gunpowder-based weapon systems. Like, this is 500 years in the future. They have fucking laser guns now that the Navy is right? using. And right. they don't have this shit 500 years in the future. What the fuck? But this movie must have been a cattle call to all the worst actors in L.A., dude. Every <laughs> single one of these people is awful. But Jason Jason goes in to kill the engineer, and the tactical team yells at him to get down. And to his credit, he immediately hits the deck. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say I give this guy props for following directions without knowing why, but I got to give him props, man. It's one of the few <laughs> like fucking characters in any movie where it's like, hit the deck. He doesn't ask why. He doesn't look around. He just fucking does it <laughs> as the security team opens fire. And I got to give him props. But I really like how the one grunt successfully ducks as Jason swings, right? And chooses that rather than using his firearm that he is going to punch Jason. And then Jason throws him on the upturned auger that is somehow existing on the ship. <laughs> and happens to be in a place that if someone fell from the platform surrounding it, that they would be impaled by the auger. That's a big thing is that like... Why are all these augers just sitting there and they're all tipped up and it's right around this raised metal platform that people can stand on? <sighs> it's the auger storage room game. It's, uh, <laughs> For this ship that has nothing to do with spaced. mining. <laughs> <laughs> But I do like I do like how his body spins though after being impaled. Yeah, like that's pretty. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and that. then the pun. <laughs> and then the pun when they ask he's where screwed. is he? He's screwed. God yeah. damn. But that that bad pun combined with bad acting, dude. I know that this movie is trying <laughs> to lean into the camp, but the comedy and the timing doesn't work when the script sucks and the actors fucking suck. They can't deliver this shit. Yeah. But why would a tactical team member back up through a dark room when her eyes are in front of her head? She's like backing up and she runs into Jason and it's fucking stupid. Oh shit. But one of one of the biggest problems that I have with this movie I think Jason has a supernatural power where he just makes you act stupid and like run to the darkest area possible and walk backwards (laughs) so he can jump scare you. You know what I'm saying? It's the only way that it can happen, man. Other than the fact that he can regenerate himself, he's got to have some of these supernatural (laughs) elements in order to justify the story. But dude, one of my biggest problems with this movie is that everything is shot in a close-up. Like, you never get a feeling of the space or the scale of anything. It just comes off as inherently They can't use wide angles on the terrible, terrible sets that they have here. (laughs) 
Yeah, they got to shoot around that yeah, shit. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all close-ups. Tight from above lighting. I mean, if you if you illuminate the sets, you're like, oh, yeah, it's made that of looks cardboard. Like shit. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, we'll just keep it tight. Yep. <laughs> but, dude, you combine this with the bad acting and writing, and you have all the elements of a god-awful and boring movie. Most of this movie is boring as shit. That's one of the biggest problems with this movie. <sighs> yeah. It's it's hard to make Jason exciting when you don't care about any of the characters and <laughs> you know he could just kind of murder anyone. You're just waiting will. to see who's going to die. And that's the worst thing yeah. is that when you're waiting for people to die, he doesn't even get in that many good kills over the course of this movie, you know? Like that's yeah. why you watch a Jason movie is to see how he slices people <laughs> apart. <laughs> But whatever. Dude, but as the ship crashes into the port, the reactions of the actors <laughs> experiencing the crash are akin to a bad, bad episode of Star Trek. The original, the original, by the way. I would never talk shit about the next generation or Deep Space Nine. But so for anyone that doesn't know, space is a vacuum, meaning that it's devoid of air. This means that when the port of Solaris, poor reference, by the way, if that was their intention, explodes... <laughs> And the black crew member slash student with the blue net sweater says, hang on, as the shock wave of the explosion hits their ship, that all of this is bullshit and would not happen. There's no such thing as a shock wave in space. Yeah. There's nothing to transfer the fucking energy. Star Wars started it. Yeah, with I their, know. With the uh, special edition remakes with the, uh, the CG shock waves. They just, they fucked everything up. Terrible <laughs> stuff. I know. <laughs> Fuck you, George Lucas, you piece <laughs> of shit. But dude, despite everyone on the bridge standing in the same area and Jason smashing through the window and everyone running out of the open door trying to get to a safer <laughs> room, somehow Professor Lowe doesn't run with them. Like, what would he possibly stay behind for? <laughs> He'd have to specifically not move in order for him to still be there. It wasn't that he was boxed in by Jason. He physically would have just had to stand there like a dickhead and then he fuck everybody's like, oh, where's Dr. Law? I'm like, fuck him. He's dead. I mean, he he is the dickhead of the movie. It's really it's it's quite disappointing that they didn't show him being murdered on screen. There's so many good things they could have done with that. How did he how did he die? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, died, Jason, but... like, comes up in the next scene with his head in his hand. Right. All you, all you hear is a scream, nothing else. So you don't know right. exactly how he died, but Shame. he could have had his nipples like sliced off or <laughs> something cool like that, you know, yeah. to, you know, tie it together with the earlier scenes, right. a little character development there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, when the girl in heat remarks, what's a bike? All I can do is scream in anger. Like this poor attempted <laughs> comedy using another non sequitur is annoying as fuck because they haven't been any established rules in this reality. <laughs> like, they have guns and knives, but no concept of what a bike is. Like, not to mention the scene doesn't need this comedy at this exact moment. Well, they do have nanobots. Yeah, and? Those are the rules. So, you know. <laughs> Those are the rules. So, nanobots are magic and can make cool <laughs> things happen. Right. 
I'll get to that later because I got a real problem with that. But <laughs> the romantic side story of the nerd and KM kissing to up their odds is exactly not what we needed to see, <laughs> especially since this would be predicated upon the nerd having to have programmed her attraction to him and learn how to feel her emotions. All of which weren't seen or hinted upon up until this point. It just is there for reasons, and then they move on. <laughs> but this movie is sort of a cheap imitation of another movie called Aliens. Just saying, <laughs> but without a good director or a good cast or good writing or good cinematography or good editing or good music or good anything for that matter, because <laughs> it just doesn't fucking matter. But the engineer says something about uh, a Microsoft conflict where they were beating each other with their own severed <laughs> limbs. Like, just... What? Like, what the fuck is he talking that about? That was a, a reference back in 2000 to Windows Vista. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no, 2000 was ME, dude. Was it? Yeah, was, ME, yeah. Was, ME was Millennium Edition. That's why they oh, called shit. it ME. You're right, you're right. Which, you're if right. you go on Microsoft's website and you try to get help for ME, they do not list it. They've actually, like, abandoned oh, yeah. it as ever coming out of oh, Microsoft because sure. it was such a piece of shit. God damn it. How did that get as far as it did, dude? I really don't fucking get it. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, this movie throws in a bunch of techno speak to sound cool, right? Like, one girl even says, hydraulic lifters, pressurized and dampened. Which are opposites, by the way. Not so sure on what they're trying to attempt to say, other than that they are just trying to fill time in this movie with the techno speak. That's fancy shit. Fancy shit, yeah. But Jason smashes the engineer's head into some sort of electrical panel and kills him after several <laughs> seconds of shocks. But electricity travels through objects, I'm just saying. <laughs> but somehow, J well, I mean, maybe Jason's uh, gloves yeah. are, you know, insulated and that they don't conduct electrical shock. Uh, or maybe Jason's fine with conducting and by holding this guy's head against this grill of electric, it conducts through the guy's head, through Jason's body, into the ground, and that's how he's <laughs> completing the circuit. But Jason doesn't give a fuck because he's invincible, right? Yeah. Makes yeah. sense, right? Won't right. stop his heart, yeah. But dude, stupid girl cries her eyes out as she locks everyone out of the <laughs> shuttle and launches the shuttle without detaching the fuel lines because we need to make sure all of the characters are at their most annoying that we can make them. <laughs> So I, I want to talk the the best CG shot in the whole movie <laughs> where she like crashes the ship into the ship and just that's as good as yeah oh my god it's well, like ninety three kind of <laughs> this is fucking uh, what's it called under siege two style graphics Ooh, here yeah just about you would see that kind of graphics on like a nineteen ninety five dos game kind of <laughs> cutscene or something like yeah. that yeah, yeah that's terrible on top of the fact that she was attached to the fuel lines and i don't know how that explosion didn't travel up the fuel lines and blow up the whole goddamn ship but that's a whole uh, other thing safety so I... interlocks <laughs> so i want to talk real quick paul about newton's laws of motion okay <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Specifically, I want to talk about the second law. When KM is revealed to have been given a weapons upgrade by the nerd, why why he waited until now in order to do this or how or how long it took, I'm not sure. <laughs> but when she fires at Jason, 
Jason flies dozens of feet backwards and is propelled into the other room by the force of the gunshots, right? But the second law <laughs> states that the rate of change of motion is directly proportional to the amount of force applied, meaning that if Jason is propelled by bullets like that, the bullets have to be propelled by a force equal to the force <laughs> acting upon him, meaning that KM would be flying in the opposite direction with that <laughs> amount of force from the bullets. But she doesn't because this script writer is a fucking hack and he just uses, <laughs> oh, she's an android as a way of like fucking explaining this shit. Also, androids can have <laughs> magnetic shoes that hold them. So it's actually she's reacting against the ship and uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. But force vectors in a vacuum means that any force applied is. No, it doesn't matter. They're not in a vacuum game. They're not in a vacuum. Same, same. <laughs> Also, why would an android need to be able to feel pain, Paul? Like, after hoisting him and, like, hitting him, he falls to the ground, right? But Jason punches her, only for her to react in intense pain to the action and be momentarily disabled. Why the fuck would she need this? She's an android. She could be like the fucking Terminator where, like, their skin is literally coming off as they're getting wailed on. <laughs> like, why I think not? she's just playing it up or something. Yeah, in order to honey trap oh, him, right? God. But dude, Gabe, KM, Gabe, trying to what? trying to explain <laughs> this movie, uh, you're 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 stretching things, Gabe. <laughs> but dude, KM blasts Jason into little pieces, right, including his head exploding. But now and only now does the ship become unstable, and they say that the hull is compromised, right? But when a ship uh, hails why did it, them, why did it take them so long to kill Jason in this fashion? I don't know, like, dude. I mean, I mean the fact how many that movies the, did it take? <laughs> I mean, they don't know anything about Jason, though, at the beginning of the movie, though. The only person that knows anything about Jason is the cryo girl and the guy that's on the phone call with the doctor or with the professor. That's the only two people that know anything about Jason. So they don't know. Mm. Any, they don't have no concept of how fucking, you know, durable this guy is. <laughs> But anyway, so when a ship hails them to reveal they receive their distress beacon, they say that they are four parsecs away and that they can be there in 45 minutes, right? But it takes <laughs> light 3.26 years to travel a parsec, or 3.26 years equals one parsec. So they're actually 13 years away, even if they are traveling at the speed of light. Just saying. But, you know, maybe they're traveling... Well, faster than the they, speed of light they mentioned that they have warp speed or hyperspace or one of those things <laughs> so you can so just, just throw all that bullshit out of the window <laughs> yeah but isn't it like a thing in every fucking star trek episode that they can't use the comms while they're in hyperspace it's in star wars too dude maybe maybe i mean they they seem to break their own rules in all of those <laughs> movies and shows eventually yeah. when it's convenient to the plot right so, right uh, but uh. anyway dude naming your ship grendel after the antagonist in <laughs> beowulf isn't clever but not as eye-rolling as the rescue ship being named tiamat the creator of all things that smoke with salt water and smoke <laughs> But even though Jason isn't on the table, he just so happens to have enough of his body on the regeneration table to be brought back. Yet no one sees this because of course it happens after everyone leaves the room. And the electrical power just happens to restore itself and all that other <laughs> shit. But the, ma the machine sends up a warning that there isn't enough tissue to regenerate. 
but then it overrides itself for script purposes to find synthetic tissue to replace Jason's missing bits. But <laughs> what did it? Where did it find this shit? Is it just? Is it just so happens to form perfectly adhered and designed synthetic tissue from somewhere in the ship? Yeah, where the fuck just, was uh, it getting this shit? Just grabbing whatever it can, metal <laughs> from the the chairs in the room, you know. And just... that works as biometrics in order to heal a body. <laughs> it's like. Fucking disintegrate. I mean, if they're like little nanomachines building his body atom by atom, you know, it doesn't matter. They could just chain themselves together in order to create like a fucking neuro matrix. Like, right? What's, what's that character? What's that character in uh, Rick and Morty? Million ants. <laughs> oh, million ants. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway. How many mines do they need to blow up a few tunnels? Like, they place them literally every a couple feet apart. Like, what is this ship made out of? Unobtainium? I'm confused on what the rules uh, are. Oh, man. I, I think they need two, two per tunnel because it takes that much time to get Jason in there and out and everything like that. So. Right. But, dude, Jason is strong enough to punch the head off of KM, right? But not strong enough <laughs> to have his hand stopped by the cryo girl when he swings to kill the nerd. Like, shifting rules like this suck. I'm just saying. He's fucking coming down full speed with his machete, and she grabs his hand. This tiny 110-pound soaking wet girl <laughs> can stop this guy's fucking swinging hand with the machete in it. That's yeah, fine. But anyway, Jamiroquai dude in his blue knit shirt presses the button and blows up the tunnel with Jason in it. And there is a fuck ton of so noise heroic. outside of the ship for being in space where there is no sound, by the way. <laughs> But Jason somehow survives this and punches a hole in the ship's hull and the explosive decompression doesn't oh, immediately empty the ship and everyone's lungs of oxygen. This is one of the things that really bothered me in this movie is that it's like sucking for a while. And they this don't even is, go uh, for the uh, think... the alien resurrection suck through the hole thing. They like cut away for it, man. It pisses me off. This is one thing that really bothers me about pretty much every space movie ever is that there's a hole in, in the spaceship and everyone's <laughs> freaking out because the force that's created by this vacuum is like causing people to like fly through the air <laughs> and all of this stuff and you know it can like suck their guts out but the pressure differential between a ship at atmosphere and the outside vacuum of space is only 16 psi you could put your palm against the hole in the hole and block that shit and seal it with your hand and your hand would be all right. I mean, it would get red and you get Frozen. some capillary damage and all of that, but it wouldn't suck chunks of your hand <laughs> through the hole and suck you like guts and all out. But it's a vacuum, dude. It's a vacuum. I know. It's, it's not that strong, though. It's, it's, it's just not, not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. See, now, the real deal is when you go down to the depths of the ocean. Right, right. At, yeah. like, you know, 10 bar, things like that. Like, really deep depths. And then you have to come back up to the surface. Right, where you get the bends. pressure. Yeah, yeah. There's this uh, story about these dudes that were working on an oil derrick. And they were, I think they were at, like, four atmospheres or something like that of pressure. <laughs> and they were in this uh, decompression chamber on the surface, but it was pressurized to what they were at before. But 
for some reason this guy came and opened the hatch <laughs> and it just like exploded the guy oh disappeared and everyone oh inside God. of the decompression chamber just turned to hamburger meat like <laughs> boiling hamburger meat it's pretty crazy, but yeah, five people died in like a couple of milliseconds. Jesus this, Christ! Uh, accident, yeah, yeah. Where, when so that's cool? Seventies, uh, I think. Like Jesus, before they figured out that you know, like someone can't just walk up and turn one hatch screw and open these right. things. You know, they have to put <laughs> locks and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's well known accident. Wow, that's yeah. fucking crazy. Pretty dude. intense shit. Yeah. You know, dude, so. side note, you should check out this movie called uh, Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And it's like uh, the guy that wrote that movie, uh, The Signal, that was disappointing yeah. shit. But besides the fact, his brother, William Eubank, like, directed this new movie called Underwater with Kristen Stewart. And it's actually pretty fucking entertaining, dude. It's like the basic yeah. shit at the bottom of the ocean and, like, creatures show up that are going to destroy everything. But there's, like, this fucking, like, Cthulhu-sized monster at the base oh, of the ocean. Sweet. And they yeah. constantly profit on the fact of how much pressure is being pushed down on this fucking place that they're in when there's like a fucking atmosphere breach. And it like it's it's pretty cool, dude. You got to check it yeah. out. All right, all right. It's not a great movie by any means, but like it's got some good moments and I dig it for what it is. Yeah. But anyway, jumping back to this movie, I know that Jason <laughs> has survived a lot and I wouldn't be surprised at this point, but. Does he not breathe air like everyone else? Like, yeah, no. It doesn't matter at this point. He's matter. been blown into chunks, with, you back. know, shot like 400,000 <laughs> times. He's just invincible. He's a god person. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to breathe. It is yeah. fine, yeah. But, dude, the worst line in this movie is, quote, this sucks on so many <laughs> levels. <laughs> This movie uh, sucks on every fucking level. Yeah. But they decide they decide See, that their best. That's so self aware though. I think they were talking about the movie and the production <laughs> with that line. That they knew and that it's this spoken was be with terrible. a little a wink wink. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> but dude, they decide that their best course of action for a jam door is to do a spacewalk to fix the motor that opens the door. They don't have a, a laser torch or explosive bolts. Oh, right. Script. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, dude, this mirror, this music in the last third of the movie is terrible. Like, it's lo-fi MIDI type shit. It's just so fucking oh, bad. Yeah, they. I, it's pretty funny how they kind of progressively... It's like they ran out of money. On the score <laughs> yeah, throughout the whole movie. You know, it's like, it's it's decent, low-budget shit movie score in the beginning, but it just, yeah, it deteriorates. It turns into a until... student film at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason gets into the holodeck to distract him, right? And this leads me to my second favorite kill in the movie. Oh. But before I get to that, no one on the ship knows who Jason is, right? But when the nerd has to do something brilliant, he says he is going to use the data file from the Camp Crystal Lake 1980 to further distract Jason. Because somehow, when it's convenient to the plot, now these people know who Jason is and even have the simulation files of the camp he <laughs> killed his victims at and made him famous. But anyway, back to the kill. 
the girls take their tops off and say that they love premarital sex, right? Which is like one of the funniest lines in the movie, by the way. <laughs> but Jason uses one girl in the sleeping bag to beat the other girl to death. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking classic, dude. I like that death a lot. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's one of the but good unfortunately she's virtual so it's not it doesn't hold not the really, same I know. clout uh, i know it kind of sucks the wind out yeah. of it just by its own like merit it fucking sucks <laughs> but the numb nuts the numb nuts left in the ship finally opens the door right and rushes to the other ship but the nerd needs his head get it of km oh. <laughs> and the cryo girl the cryo girl knows how dangerous jason is decides that she will be the one to rush back and get km for the nerd i don't get that fucking moment like she knows how fucking violent and dangerous jason is but she's like i'm gonna help this nerd out and go get his fucking <laughs> doll head for him I don't get why she did it. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any fucking sense for just basic character. I don't know. You know, it's weird. People that order like $10,000 sex dolls and then wait nine months for them to be made and arrive <laughs> in a crate and right. finally get the rocks off. I think that's weird. I'm it just going to put weird. it out there. Did you know right. that during <laughs> during coronavirus quarantine, the, the sex doll oh, industry man. experienced a 300% uptick? Yeah, they couldn't good keep up with the in, number man. of orders, dude. No, but man. my question is, who had three grand or four grand or five grand to drop <laughs> on a fucking sex doll in the middle of the pandemic? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you finance that shit? You could put it on a credit card, I guess. Could you yeah, imagine yeah, that? Finance. Like putting a fucking sex doll on a credit card? <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird if you had a sex doll company what would uh what would its name be fuck dolls incorporated <laughs> like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even try to be subtle about it yeah yeah you know what the problem is with sex dolls the biggest problem with sex dolls i would feel is that you have to clean up after yourself right like you can't let that shit yeah. like fester yeah it doesn't it doesn't clean itself you know yeah it's, and how how would that food. do like how the fuck would that like be okay with no. you that after you shoot a load that you gotta go in there and fetch the load out like i know they try to make these things convenient so that the vagina comes out or the asshole comes yeah. out or whatever maybe like, you can like hook a, a garden hose up to its mouth and it just pushes everything <laughs> out through the ass and the vagina or something like that you know easy cleanup I don't it's know. fucked up. This is what my mind thought of during <laughs> quarantine when I read that article. I was like, what about the cleanup, man? God damn. Yes. But anyway, but somehow another loud explosion somehow propels Jason directly toward them. <laughs> but just as the spacewalking tactical dude grabs him and propels them into the atmosphere, right? Presumably burning them up in the spraying diarrhea that they call <laughs> visual effects of this movie. But a couple of campers with some terrible green screen kickback on them from awful green screen behind them, much like Under Siege 2 green screen, <laughs> see the duo streaking through the atmosphere and think it's a shooting star that landed in the into the lake, right? But in the previous shot of Earth, Paul, Earth was in full sun. And when we cut to the earth for the campers, it's night. But whatever, it doesn't matter because, I mean, all well, I'm doing I mean, is they, paying they, attention. They, 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 they cross the, the boundary, the day-night boundary, when they're flying through the atmosphere. It's no, in order to move past the day-night boundary, you got to cross like 13 degrees of fucking earth's atmosphere in order yeah. to do that. Like, it's like tens of... It's fine. It's all good. <sighs> 
tens of thousands of linear miles. No problem, I guess. I mean, they're coming from space, man. uh, (laughs) They're going real fast. (laughs) (laughs) They're not in orbit, though. You know, they're not going 26,000 miles an hour or whatever the fuck it is in order to keep something in orbit. What what is the the orbit trajectory? I don't even remember, like, Uh, how fast you have to be. It's pretty fast. It's pretty fast. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. They're going fast mm. enough, and they cross day to night. I mean, if you're going to bitch about that one thing, <laughs> this would be. <laughs> but, dude, we, yeah, see Jason, we, we see Jason's mask float to the bottom of the daylit lake, again, despite it being night in the previous shot, as we roll credits to the shittiest, my band is on YouTube rock music I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> the worst, man. Side note, at the end of the credits, there is a credit for a fact checker, Morris L'Expecteur. Morris, if you're listening, you fucking suck at your job. (laughs) Fuck you. How the fuck did you get this credit? But also, whoever did the credits, fuck you too. You got your MPAA certificate number wrong in the scroll. You wrote 3,786, which is actually a movie called September in the Rain from 1937. Your number is 37856. Just saying, fuck you. You're a factor of 10 off. How did you even know that? Like what? The fuck? I okay. So I was watching the Shrivian. credits all the way. I was watch, watching the credits all the way to the end, and I saw the MPAA number, and it was only four numbers long. And as long as I've been alive, MPAA numbers were always five digits. So I was like, huh. something's wrong. So I looked it up. I googled it, and I found the previous movie from 1937. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, nice. Okay. And it even happens after the credits. After the credits, if you watch, like they cut to a sole title card of the MPA logo listing the correct number, even though the scroll is wrong, which huh. I think is interesting. Weird. But anyway, the end title for the new line or for New Line makes sense on why this movie sucks so terribly. This is when New Line was owned by AOL Time Warner, the stupidest oh, ISP God. to ever <laughs> exist. They lost three hundred million dollars in market share, dude, during the time that they were yeah. owned by AOL. That's part of the reason why they went bankrupt, by the Quality. way. <laughs> But anyway, there weren't any sandwiches this week or food to speak of in this movie. I was really hoping that there would be some Matrix-style tasty wheat snot or something, but no. <laughs> there's nothing in this movie. Yeah, no anyway, eats anything. Goddamn. I saved my sandwich beef to the end of this week's podcast to bring you back up from this absolutely abysmal shit sandwich that Jason X is. <laughs> This incident happened some time ago in the time before the Rona and when I could breathe and eat freely, right? There's a little get-together, or was anyway, that happened every weekend from April to November in Brooklyn called Smorgasbord, right? And uh, it's this it's this outdoor food court with almost 100 vendors set up all weekend for you to taste their wares, right? Oh, so on yeah. Sundays... It's great, dude. It's fucking great. Like, when you come visit, you got... I mean, after the Rona, obviously, you got to check it out over that weekend, dude, because I could literally sit there all day and eat, man. I'm not joking. I could sit there and eat (laughs) all fucking day. But on on Saturdays, they hold smorgasbord in uh, the hipster dump that is known as Williamsburg, Brooklyn, right? While on Sundays, they hold it in Prospect Park, Brooklyn. 
So on Saturday, relatively soon after I moved to New York, I wander through this market with wide eyes and drool running down my face as I pace about to find my plan of attack when it comes to how many vendors I'm going to hit and in what order. I generally do like one circle all the way around and I figure out who's there and what I want. But I generally do an appetizer course and then a main course and then a dessert all from different vendors and always spend at least 60 bucks for myself during this fucking weekend, right? <laughs> so one Saturday I see with some enthusiasm that there is a vendor with a Zia symbol on his tent, right? I'm super stoked by this as I wander over to the Zia tent. I stand in dumbfounded amazement at how this guy has what he claims to be real New Mexico green chili on everything, right? On his menu, green chili cheese fries, Paul, right? Oh, god damn. Dope. Dope, I think. Appetizer course solved. I got this shit. I order <laughs> it up and chat with the white hipster who begins telling me that he started this business a few years ago and that he is from Albuquerque, etc. I'm watching him do the fry up, and his fries look great, dude. Like, they're beer battered almost, where you get those little extra crispy ground, oh, brown yeah, crunchy yeah. bits on the outside of the fries. I'm like, I'm super excited for this, but he's chatting away as he opens up a fucking stewing pot like you would find some soup in a buffet line, right? I stop him and I say, whoa, 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 what's in there? And he says, green chili, and proceeds to empty a ladle of watery liquid with chunks of bright lime green chili over my fries, right? <laughs> He shovels on some cheese, that bullshit white and yellow Mexican blend that's terrible, yeah, like, yeah. and he hands it over to me. I tip <sighs> the boat over to drain the liquid off my fries and take my first bite. Mushy potatoes, no salt, and no spice. God right? damn. I literally spit the shit back out in the boat and threw it away in the trash in front of him. And he exclaims, is it too hot, man? I'm sorry. Some people can't handle the spice of green chili, blah, 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 blah. I stare at him and simply state, I stare at him and I simply state, dude, where are you really from? He looks at me with wide eyes as I raise my voice and I ask him again, where are you really from? He looks around and sighs out and he says, Denver under his voice. Motherfucker. God damn it. <laughs> I shake Sucker. my head. I shake my head and I tell him no self-respecting Burkenio <laughs> would ever do what you just did to those fries. And I walked away. To the owner of the Zia tent, you cultural tourist white bread motherfucking cunt. Don't shovel shit in my mouth and call it green chili from my home state. You want to know what real green chili fries are like, you fucking cocksucker? Go to Taco Sal's on Manal and Eubank and get their extra hot green chili on your fries. <laughs> Hopefully the heat burns the fucking cunt out of your mouth so that you can finally stop peddling this second-rate goose shit that you call green chili on the Brooklyn public. The fact it tastes like shit is one thing. The fact that people who may have never had New Mexican food and you are polluting our name with this fucking filth <laughs> is something entirely unforgivable. Go fuck yourself, you fucking child. Oh, man. Taco sounds, yeah. Yeah, it's dude, this shit. shit's hot, man. Oh, God, yeah. Hot. Many, <laughs> many a nights I've blown on my asshole with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Taco styles is good, dude. They're oh, stuff yeah, some awesome. are dope, man. No, good, no, stuff good peas, all of it, just doused in chili. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was surprised chill. the first time I got their extra hot, dude. I, I couldn't finish eating my meal. It was so fucking hot. I was like, <laughs> God damn. Like that's that's quality shit, man. Yeah. For real. And the fact that they're in Breaking Bad just made me fucking smile from ear to ear, bro. I was like, oh my god, Taco Sal's, yes. <laughs> But, dude, do you have any fucking reason why I should ever watch this movie again in my life? Oh, like, my God. No. I, I, feel like I, I feel like I died a little bit watching it a second time, dude. Like, it was such a waste of fucking time. How, how many of the, the other Jason movies have you seen? Out of the There's, 11 that are out there, yeah. I've seen probably six or seven of them. I haven't yeah. seen all of them. And how would this one rank amongst all those? This one's this one's really really oh. bad. I think I think Jason I think Jason goes to hell is the worst one. But yeah. Jason X I wanted to look at this week because it's so goddamn <laughs> zany and bizarre, and it's just like you're gonna pitch this movie that you're gonna fucking take Jason, you're gonna put him in space, and that's your that's your pitch. <laughs> It was like I was talking to my dad. I was talking to my dad earlier. He was uh he has my HBO uh Max password, right? And so I log into HBO Max in order to watch Southland and I'm sitting there and I see that on the recently watched is like half of Clash of the Titans with Sam Worthington has been watched. And so I call my dad immediately because he's the only person <laughs> that has my password right now. And I was uh, like, I just called to give you shit about the fact that you were watching Clash of the Titans. It was like, I want to contextualize it for you. The original movie sucked. I don't want to <laughs> shit on Harryhausen, but like, it sucked. It's a bad movie. And so the pitch of that is like, I'm going to take this terrible movie from the 60s. I'm going to put Sam Worthington in it, who nobody gives a fuck about. And I'm going to make an even worse yeah, movie. It sucks yeah. more than the first. But like, I, my dad just started laughing and I was just like, look, just don't like... I, I gave you over 600 movies on your box. <laughs> Just watch one of those movies for Christ's sake. Don't fucking sit down and watch fucking Clash of the Titans on HBO Max. My dad was saying he wanted to watch a Sword and Sandals movie, and I'm like, so fucking watch it. I put Spartacus on your fucking drop. Watch Spartacus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, I, n I never want to watch this again, Paul. I want to. I want to forget that I ever saw Jason X because I fucking hate this movie. Yeah, no, it's it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I did don't you see think it when I'll it first came out? To. Yeah, somewhere somewhere around that time period. You saw it in high school, though, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. <laughs> close enough, high school, early college. I mean, close enough to uh, when it actually came out to realize how shitty of a movie was it in its <laughs> original context. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. <sighs> But uh, uh, apparently, I'm, I'm... this is kind of a cult classic movie nowadays. With uh... why? Because it's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's so weird, it's so bad, tongue in cheek, etc. <laughs> tongue up the asshole, etc. I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, at least that would have felt a little better than watching this movie. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, looking into next week, man, what are you what are you thinking for next week? What's what's been uh, what's been calling to you? Uh, I don't know. You want to do Dreamcatcher with Morgan Freeman? Oh God, Dreamcatcher! <laughs> See, I think I'd rather do The Shining than Dreamcatcher. And why'd you put Climax here? Do you fuck? Do you fuck? I've hate never, Climax? I've never seen it, 
But uh, Gaspar Noel, I mean, uh, it'd be a fun. Noe. Noe. Whatever. Yeah. I, I forget. Noel. The name. Noel. Noe. 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 Yeah. Noe. Yeah. Why does he, uh, does he piss you off? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> How was it? How was it? I, I don't know, man. It doesn't. It doesn't stack up with his other movies. You know, like there wasn't anything in it that made me feel physically ill or. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's entertaining and it's like it's it's well made as all of Gasper's movies are and it's like he it, I know it's a controversial opinion of all of the directors that are out there but I believe that Gaspar Noe is the guy that knows how to use camera better than any other director especially camera movement like yeah. I've never seen anybody use the camera like he does and uh, yeah, you know true. especially especially with um, what's it called the disembodied spirit movie fuck. Enter the Void. Enter the Void, yeah, especially yeah, with yeah. Enter the Void, dude. Like, his his use of camera in that is fucking phenomenal. Like, flat out, that shit is, like, next-level great shit. And I've never seen anybody do something like that before. So I, I think that he's one of the best, like, directors working, even though I don't like all of his movies, and I, like, Irreversible makes me fucking ill to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't... That's, I yeah, can't that's one of his... Uh... His uh, cards in his hat is just making you feel sick by watching his movies there. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw Enter the Void, when the guy gets shot in the toilet and you see him, like, die and you see him drifting off, that shit disturbed me, man. Like, it bothered me to see it. (laughs) And, like, not a lot of directors can do that. But Climax doesn't have any of those moments where I was, like, Uh, shocked by what I was seeing. It was mostly just that I was entertained by it but yeah i saw that it was on amazon i was like oh caps yeah yeah let's uh, see if it's fucked up <laughs> if it doesn't i mean psychologically they... you know uh cause me pain or trauma <laughs> then it's not really it's not a, a it's not a gasper movie yeah, dude. That's yeah, exactly that, yeah, you know yeah. even his movie like love his like adult film where you saw like yeah. full penetration and shit like that like there was something in there that was shocking enough that i was like oh yeah i haven't yeah i haven't seen that in, or whatever i haven't seen that in a while or i haven't seen it done this way but like climax it was just kind of like yeah you know like i'll probably see it again in my lifetime but it's not one of those movies that i'm gonna like talk about ever because uh, it's just sort of like whatever even though it's like one of his most critically acclaimed movies which i don't fucking huh. understand beyond that what were you saying uh i interrupted you when we were talking about climax uh, uh well at some point we should do uh the shining and look at it through the the lens of all the random conspiracy <laughs> theories surrounding that movie well, but i, I mean, don't have to do that immediately you're... I mean, that's the thing is tell me how you're feeling for next week. You want to bite off an episode in order for you to do like host the shining. I don't think I'm ready to do that quite yet. I have okay. to uh, have to wait a little while. Let's set that uh, on the like uh like catwoman or uh you, you've been oh, wanting catwoman. to do a fucking uh you've been wanting to do an Adam Sandler movie for a while. You want to do Waterboy? you want to do uh <laughs> fucking herbie Halloween or whatever the fuck. Oh God! Yeah, Herbie Halloween. We could do that one. I think. Yeah. I haven't it seen it. So I don't know how bad it is. Uh, I think it's called Hubie Halloween. Actually, you know what I haven't seen in forever is Romeo and Juliet with Leo. <laughs> I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen Jupiter Ascending in a long time. Oh man. What about uh? What about Wanted with uh, Angelina Jolie? I've never seen that. Oh how bad God! Is it? Oh God! It's bad. <laughs> 
fucking. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that the critics are on it the way that I was on it, but unless you want to look even darker into like horrible territory like Judge Dredd or, uh, <laughs> you know, white chicks. Oh, <laughs> uh, white chicks. Oh, God. Which would you rather do, white chicks or an Adam Sandler movie? I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to Hubie Halloween other than the fact that I hate Adam Sandler, regardless. But <laughs> I can say if it's the Water Boy, I can shit on the Water Boy all day. But <laughs> if it's, uh, you know, if it's White Chicks, I haven't seen White Chicks in forever. I saw it when it came out, and that was the last time that I watched it. I just remember fucking hating it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I gotta send it to you, man. I just saw this movie called Shadow in the Clouds, right? With uh, with yeah. with Chloe Grace Moretz, dude, this shit is fucking awesome. It's a B movie, and it's so goddamn good, dude. The score is dope. The fucking concept is dope. Yeah, it's like this woman in uh, in New Zealand, like commandeering this like Air Force plane during in the New Zealand Air Corps or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And like when she's on the plane, gremlins attack the fucking uh, or uh, not gremlins. What do they call them? <laughs> Is it gremlins? The ones that uh, William Shatner saw on the plane? Yeah, and, uh, gremlins. Yeah. yeah, but gremlins attack the plane and start ripping it apart. And it's this gremlin fucking action movie that's dope as shit. Dude. It's All fucking right. great, man. All right, yeah, send me you that. Got, I gotta send it to you, man. It's so good. I I was like. Caitlin walked out when I was just finishing it at night, and she said that I was smiling ear to ear. I was like, so <laughs> I was like, this is good shit, man. <laughs> Could always tackle Justice League. <laughs> oh. Well, we have to wait. We have to wait for the, uh, the Snyder cut. The yeah, Snyder cut so for. Uh, when is gonna that? Four shit? weeks to break that down, dude. Yeah. We're gonna have I to. I don't do know it. if I can sit through a four and a half hour version. Gabe, you're gonna have to do it as a as a film aficionado. You're gonna have to sit and take one up the ass. <laughs> that it is literally a product of the internet, and that it was like the whole internet came together in order to say like release the Snyder cut, and that's the only <laughs> reason it exists. No one actually wants to watch it, but they just like drumming up a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. What about Ernest? <sighs> you talked about oh, Ernest. Oh yeah, last week. shit, shit. Which one do you want? I don't know. Ernest, Ernest goes Ernest to jail. What's the worst one that he had? <laughs> Slam dunk, Ernest. That one's terrible. I remember yeah. seeing that. It's got like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in yeah, it, dude. Oh my god. Oh man, we should save. We should save Ernest saves Christmas and do that at Christmas. This yeah. year. <laughs> What about uh, Kazam? We could do Kazam with Shaq. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that, so that oh, might be, a, that oh might be fun. Oh, my God, dude. Kazam <laughs> is terrible. Oh, uh, 5%. Yeah, maybe we should do that. 37th worst movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see it, man. It's, uh, it's one of those movies that is sort of in the cultural lexicon but it's like it's better than left behind so there's that yeah yeah let's do that <laughs> see that, that shit oh god oh my god i can't <laughs> believe that i'm actually gonna watch kazam again that was that was uh one of the dark moments that i ever had in my life was watching kazam <laughs> anyway thank you guys once again for joining us this is the movie dicks podcast i am gabriel chavez and i'm paul Shindle. thank you guys we'll see you next week